Welcome back, fine townsfolk, to another episode of Random Encounters. I am your host, Nick. I'm Matt. And we are here to pull a random monster from a random monster manual. This week, it's not a monster manual per se, but it is the source book for, or I suppose it's the the generated adventure from Dungeons and Dragons for 5e. It is Descent into Avernus, a Baldur's Gate adventure. And they have a couple of critters in the back that were created specifically for this. And I have opened us up to page 237, if you're following along at home. And we have an adorable little critter that we're going to talk about. Matt, you're you just, you're not going to get this. Okay, I think it was enough. made just for this. Uh, it's called a hollyphant. H-O-L-L-Y-P-H-A-N-T. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, no. Hollyphants are gentle, stalwart creatures native to the upper plains. Good aligned deities and angels use them as messengers and helpers. Hollyphants treasure friendship and honesty. They're care bearers, essentially. Yeah. Uh, a hollyphant looks like a miniature elephant with luminous gold fur and small, rapidly fluttering wings that not only hold it aloft, but also propel it at great speed. Although kind, a hollyphant won't bear witness to an evil act without punishing the malefactor. Its pearlescent tusks are far from formidable, but it can unleash trumpet blasts from its trunk that can deafen creatures or engulf evildoers in radiant sparkles of positive energy. <laughs> wow. All right. A hollyphant is also blessed with powerful innate magic to help it combat evil and protect its friends. It, it is it, it is a care bear. It really is a care bear, yeah. So this guy is a small celestial. He's lawful good. He's a challenge rating of five. Oh, wow. I don't foresee, unless you have a really mixed up party, I don't foresee your party really fighting one of these. No. Um, I think in, in this adventure itself, spoiler alert, I think he's a little bit of an ally um, when that, you do I experience mean, him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. He has an aura of invulnerability. An invisible aura forms a 10-foot radius sphere around the holophant for as long as it lives. Any spell of 5th level or lower cast from outside the barrier, so anything beyond 10 feet, can't affect creatures or objects within it, even if the spell is cast using a higher level spell slot. Such a spell can target creatures and objects within the barrier, but the spell has no effect on them. That's an interesting detail. Why... Why tell us that it can target but have no effect? If, I, I don't I really... feel like there's there's a little – I feel like it's so super semantic that you can kind of find a loophole in there somehow. I can't think yeah. of it. No, neither can I. But, yeah, that would – I would uh, venture that there is some sort of backdoor because of that specific mm -hmm. wording. Similarly, the area within the barrier is excluded from the areas affected by such spells. So, like, a fireball wouldn't affect it. Yeah. It uh, just burst around. Yeah. The hollyphant can use an action to suppress this trait until its concentration ends. Okay. Yeah. Well, innate spell casting at will, it can cast light. Two times a day each, it can cast, cast bless cure wounds, protection from evil and good, one time a day each, 
banishment, heal, raise dead, shape change into a golden furred mammoth with feathered wings and a flying speed of 120 feet and teleport with no chance of error. Now, this is a, a tiny creature, right? This is small. A small, small creature. Yeah. So that's that's one under medium, I think, right? Yep. Yeah. So the is the mammoth also small? No, I'm assuming mammoth is is an actual like mammoth an actual mammoth. mammoth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it doesn't just because really it's a mammoth is a hairy elephant, which it's already, it already a hairy is. Elephant. Yeah. <laughs> so it yeah. basically just grows a couple different size categories. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess a mammoth would probably be large. I'm guessing. Oh, bigger than that. Is it really? I think so. He- huge. Is that the I next think step? Huge up? is the next one. Up. Yeah. yeah. I believe. Hmm. Let's see. It can also trumpet three times per day. The hollyfint blows air through its trunk, creating a trumpet sound that can be heard out to a range of 600 feet. The trumpet also creates a 30-foot cone of energy that has one of the following effects chosen by the hollyfint. Uh, it can be the trumpet of blasting, which each creature in the cone must make a DC 14 con save. 14 at level 5? Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Um, it's not super amazing. On a failed save, a creature takes 5d6 thunder damage and is deafened for one minute. Wow. On a successful save, they take half as much damage and are not deafened. Non-magical objects in the cone that aren't being held or worn take 10d6 thunder damage. So you're just breaking stuff. So it's a super powerful uh, shatter spell. Yeah. Or thunder wave? It's thunder wave, I think. I think. Thunder yeah. Wave, yeah. Uh, and then trumpet of sparkles... Creatures in the cone must make a DC 14 con saving throw or take 4d8 plus 4 radiant damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful. Evil creatures have disadvantage on the saving throw. Good creatures in the cone take no damage. Oh. Nice. Now, this is a a creature, like a um, a race type thing. It's not... It, this isn't a specific... Holophant is not the... Like a a character. Person. No, no. In the okay. in the in the adventure, the holophant is Lulu. Okay. Yeah. It's gotcha. a species. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So there can be multiple holophants. I yeah. I suppose so. There's a uh, just a weird My Little Pony ish colony out there. Yeah, My Little Pony and Care Bear, and yeah, they all meet up at the um at the the same bar at the end of the day and yeah drink their their milk. Now the the aura, going yeah. Way back to that, the aura of invulnerability. Yeah, that is that's around a ten foot radius around the holophant. Yeah, and that is not exclusionary, right? So if you're if there's an evil creature next to the holophant, oh, which is yeah. why it can use that action to bring it in. I'm assuming. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yes, it. It does not say anything about good or evil in that one specifically. Okay. It just says the uh, any spell cast from outside the barrier can't affect creatures or objects within it. But does that mean that if you have two people casting spells right next to one another, right next to the holophant, like in that aura technically, can they still? Because it's... it's it's that threshold of the barrier that it sounds like. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So in that bubble, you can still be casting spells. Correct. Okay. That's how I would play it. Yeah, least. yeah, I think so too. But that would that would have to mean that everyone 
I mean, it's a 10 foot, so it's only a five foot around that the, is a the holophant. So everyone tight. would be in melee range yeah. casting spells. Correct. So everyone's at disadvantage. Yep. Not the worst thing in the world, but there's not a whole lot of room in there either. Disadvantage is better than not having the spells do anything at all. Sure, right. And and maybe disadvantage is better than what's the other option for a slinger, like punching? Correct. What are you going to yeah. do, like a D4 or a D3, I think? Yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, so so it's it's worth the shot. Yeah. Wow. And that's it. I mean, this is just a little half-page kind of doodad here. Yep. He's, he's kind of cute. I bet there is way cuter art of the Hollyfant, though. I mean, this is like a kind of... It almost looks like a leaf. Yeah, it's like vi- like grotesque and almost visceral, even though he's supposed to be a cutie. Yeah, I imagine the, the elephant creature from... Uh, was it Inside Out? The Disney movie there? Oh. Bingo? No. Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, gosh. We call Rook whatever the name is. Bing Bong? Bing Bong. Yeah, it's Bing Bong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Kind of, yeah. Except less less stylish. Yeah. Let's see if we can find some good Hollyfant art. Oh, that one's horrifying. Oh, so this, I guess they didn't create this new. Oh, they just used it? I see a reference to it in Forgotten Realms. Okay. So that was at least at least one iteration ago. Oh, my God. I see it in, that's a 3-5 page. Oh, no, is that a 4? That's a 3-5. This thing was around in 3-5. Wow. Yeah. And it looks terrifying in 3-5. It, it's, it's, it's pretty hideous. Well, that's a big one. That's the, oh, it's the winged mastodon form as opposed to the winged elephant form. Okay. Page 176 of of one of the 3-5 monster manuals. Look in that one right in front of us. We only have number two right in front of us, but maybe it's in there. What's the? 176. Oh, it's definitely not that. No. They are they're they're little they're little cuties they're cool but they're not much more beyond a buddy yeah kind of just a um kind of a I don't want to say a gimmick but just like a little cute PC that if you if you people need heels or 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 yeah. an escort or something you know exactly yeah would you do that would you throw that in as if your party needed a healer. You know, if, you know what? If they were, if they decided that they weren't going to do, the, the party itself wasn't going to be super balanced. Yeah, maybe, you know, too many fighters and a rogue and a, a wizard or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would do that. Maybe even have the party or the the players control. Oh, okay. As well. Sure. You know, to the whether they wanted to, you know, pass off control each mm. session mm. or kind of just do a, a general consensus thing, maybe. Uh, sure. But yeah, I would probably hand that off to them, especially if it's going to be a fairly permanent fixture. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at just let me get you through this dungeon or let me get you through this sure. this encounter, then I would I would keep control of it. Yeah. But, you know, if it is going to be, in essence, another party member for the long haul, then I would make it up, up yeah. to them, especially since I'm basically helping them 
not die. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a party of like three, I generally I'm I'm okay with them not having a healer and trying to help them out. Because sure. sometimes it's it's hard to find enough people for a party. Yeah. For a game in general. But if you have if you're pushing like four or five, and especially if you have someone who could even take like what would traditionally be secondary support heals and they're not taking a a, a heal or something like that, like yep. that that's their choice. Yeah. You know, you, you there's there has to be there has to be a little give and take and and you have to you can't expect the DM to hand everything to you. You no, know, that's true. you have to you have to prepare for the fact that you are going into a dangerous situation, you know. Yeah. And if you have enough people to spread the burden, the quote unquote burden of having to he- having the capability to heal, yeah, and no one takes it, like, come on. No, that's a very valid point, especially you know by the time you get to at least this specific holophant at uh, level five, mm. you've gone through a couple different levels. You oh, could sure. have multi-classed at yep. this point. You know, if you're not going to take a level in in cleric or, like you said, just kind of some secondary healing yeah. um, um, class there, you can, you know, then bone up on your, your cure light wounds or whatever. Right. The the bard, the, the bard in no way should be your primary healer, but they do have access to heal and, and exactly. cure, I think it's cure light wounds. Yeah. The, which in a pinch could could save the party. Period. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You're not looking at channels or anything at that point, but you know, if you can you can use a wand, you know, without mm-hmm. having to make some kind of use magic device check. Yeah, right. So yeah, I would I would tend to agree with you in that regard. So are you saying that you would not uh allow the Holophant to be that proactive as a uh, a party member or well I don't know if 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 you have a party of well, first of all, if you have a party of like five going into descent into Avernus with no healers, they they've they've sealed their own fate on yeah. that. But as long as the Holophant is supposed to stick around, I I reckon I would control him and and do do what I could with him. I mean, but I mean, look, he gets two times a day. He gets cure wounds. That's it. True. Good you know, point. he's not it's not a he's not a spam bot of, of healing. And he, he Oh, and he gets one time per day heal. So he's got three heals and then he can raise dead. <laughs> and that's and, and if he, that doesn't work. And he can only do that once too. Yeah. So Yeah, so in in no way is it like an elephant cleric joining your party. Yeah, he's not a get out of jail free. Yeah. He's about as potent as 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 a bard healing. Yeah. Really. So so it's I guess moral of the story is unless your DM is very nice, think about heals. Yeah. Talk to your talk to your players. A a sure playing whatever you want and having a party of four fighters will be fun. Until you wipe, <laughs> you know. That's until the second session when you can't get past that group of hobgoblins, right? Because you all have the exact same stats, and they're they're all attacking yeah. that one staff or an incorporeal creature. Yeah, right. Which 
takes your charisma and your stamina and your whatever. Exactly. Freaking banshee. So I think I think as as a little as just a flavor of utility and and just something different as a little bit of a sidekick, cool. I don't think terribly I don't see much longevity for the Holophant. Um No. Oh, would you allow a party with no healers, but the ranger wanted a holophant for a, an animal companion? Or the wizard would want it for a familiar? Barring any of the other rules sure. and restrictions of, of either of those. Just rule of fun-wise? Yeah. And like m- most minor of utility, the fact that it can heal every now and then. What is the intelligence of the holophant? Is it mm. more animal or is it because I I mean it's it's into 16 okay it's its second highest stat int yeah. and charisma are 16 its wisdom is 19 so that's the problem that I see in that regard is yeah. that it's you know you look at animal companions as a dog or a a very well trained animal a, exactly yeah. where this is at any point and it probably won't say this but it can say I'm out of here dude yeah, I'm I'm a slave. Like you're using me. Yeah, yeah. Like get your heels somewhere else. You should have. You know what? One of you guys should have been a cleric. Peace yeah. out. <laughs> go go multi class. Bye. Yeah. yeah. But he wouldn't because he would he would have Catholic guilt and he'd feel obligated to stick around. Oh, he definitely yeah. would. I think that's that's where I run into a little bit of problem with allowing that just because it's not know. it's not just an animal. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like. I mean, it's it's definitely a playable character. Yeah, for for lack of a better term, didn't we didn't we have a similar conversation about the Grimalkin? We definitely talked about it yeah. being a familiar, but why were we hesitant about it? Wasn't it because it could shape shift into well, yeah. just about anything? And was yeah, it that's like really an OP cool. thing? Maybe that. Maybe it's not because it was intelligent, but I think it can could speak. It could it? speak, but yeah. I don't know if it was necessarily intelligent yeah. per se. Maybe not. I don't. That was a while ago. We'd have to go and, and re-listen to that one, but yeah, I think because this is its own race per se. You know, it's not. Just, this yeah, this is more a race than a species. Yeah, it's like asking if I could have a, a lizard folk as my familiar. Yeah, right, right. It's a sentient creature. There we go. Yeah. That's the distinction. There, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like um, little uh, '90s callback to you. The the anamorphs, the 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 blue deer with the stalk, Andalorian and Andalites. The Andalites were they refused to morph into any creature that was sentient, and that's where I, that's where I learned what sentience was. Oh, because they could do a cow and they could do a fish and and all that. But when they had to morph into the hork they were really upset because they were sentient creatures. You're welcome, everyone. Yes, there you go. There's your lesson. <laughs> Thoughts on the on the holophant? Anything else? I mean, I know this is not a terribly long one, but... Would you, as a DM, craft maybe not an entire campaign but like a little a stop off at a more lighthearted 
Holofont community or something along those lines, like really just kind of throw something out of left field, hmm. almost like a weird acid trip. Like Whimsy Shire and Diablo? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Would that be something you would even bother with? I think it could be fun. I would certainly want to try and sculpt, even if it's like a little one-shotty, like vacation kind of thing. Yeah. I would still want there to be some kind of connection to the story. Sure. Just to, just so there's a little flow, like there's an item there that they need to go pick up or whatever. But ultimately, what's what's the point just to introduce them and it's fun? Or... Something like that, yeah. It's some kind of vacation away from just the really intense just pressure of being in whatever fantasy setting, be it, you know, in this the Descent to Avernus campaign setting or or some homebrew one where they're, you know, you're fighting dragons and kobolds and, mm-hmm. and goblins and whatnot all the time take a little bit of a break and get away it's just that little weird i know what was the comic book it was uh the exiles mm. there were a couple issues where after it was that was a very mission based series yeah and there were a couple issues after a specific mission was completed maybe a, a team member died or something like that where they would have almost a, a pullback and the entire group would just go to the beach, or they would go just some weird vacation trust exercises, thing. and yeah. yeah. So, in this regard, though, would it be just like twenty minutes of RP, or would they go there to pick up the item? And oh, by the way, we have an infestation of rust monsters down in the in the sewer. Like, like, I could. How much interaction is going to be there? Because if it's just go and hey, pick this up. There's not much investment in that. No, that's really, true. you that's know. That's very true. So it would just be a little description say, "Oh yeah, we go and we pick it up and then we come back." True. Yeah, it would it would definitely be a very RP heavy diversion. Mm-hmm. And if you wanted to have maybe the specific item they were looking for, oh yeah, we had it, but the rust monster stole it mm, or okay. whatever. The, the the temple that it was in is now overrun by Bullywugs. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Your princess is in another castle. And even though we can all turn into mastodons that can fly 120 feet, we didn't bother. Yeah. We're... We were too busy playing beach volleyball. Exactly. They all just have like the really little shorts like in Top yep. Gun. And mm-hmm. yeah. The, 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 the stuff on their, their cheeks for sunscreen. Just was... the eye black. Yeah. Oh, no, I was saying like the zinc, the white zinc for Baywatch, not the eye black. (laughs) God. Yeah, for some reason, I just now I see them on like in a beach setting. And there's just one that's bigger than all of them. And he's just flying 120 feet in the air and spiking volleyball every time. Steve, we promise not to change. (laughs) You call no powers. Steve is, is just lording it over them. He is a jerk. Yeah, even though he's lawful good. Because they're all awful good. They are. They are all awful good, but some are a little less good than the others. Yeah, more, more or less good. That's yeah. the moral of the story. As good as a spectrum. Yeah. No. It's a nice little diversion, I think. But beyond I that, guess, at most. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect these to be so shmeh. Yeah. It's one of those things where you 
you dial up something like that, obviously if the time is right, but if you know that the the session you're running is going to be shorter than normal. You're sure. used to having a four or okay. six-hour session, yeah. and you know that half of your party have something to do two mm-hmm. hours later. And you could squeeze and in a little bit can, of a yeah, game. Yeah, we'll squeeze yeah. in, because if we don't do this, then we are, we're two months out. Mm-hmm. So let's do this instead. So this is your little diversion, and it keeps everybody in there, and it keeps everybody in character for another month or another yeah. couple of weeks. Okay. But beyond that, it doesn't bring a whole hell of a lot to the campaign itself, except maybe you'll give them a magic item at the end. Sure. Right. Yeah. If And yeah. I I think we should have talked about the fiendish flesh golem instead. I think that would have gotten us more fodder. That's... Page 236. Alliteration out the wazoo. That's right. A fiendish flesh golem is a particularly big flesh golem made of stitched together body parts from devils, demons, yugoloths, and other fiends. As these parts can come from different creatures and be combined in different ways, no two fiendish flesh golems look exactly alike. Night hags guard the secret to make such golems rarely sharing it with anyone else. Some fiendish flesh golems have wings, however... The magic used to create these golems allows them to fly and hover even without wings. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like the the grave behemoth or kind whatever, of, yeah. but but it flies made of terror instead of <laughs> yeah. just a giant, a hill giant filled husk. with zombies. Yeah, yeah. Um, whenever the it has lightning absorption which means that when it gets subjected to lightning damage takes no damage and instead heals for that amount of damage because of lightning because of lightning great apparently it's like frankenstein yeah and it goes it goes berserk when it starts its turn with 100 hit points or fewer oh and it, when it does that you roll a d6 and then it can go berserk Okay. Um, it attacks the nearest creature it can see. If no creature is near enough to move and attack, the golem attacks an object with, prefer- <laughs> with preference for an object smaller than itself, naturally. Sure. Once the golem goes berserk, it continues to do so until it is destroyed or rega- regains all its hit points. From lightning bolts. From lightning bolts, apparently. If the golem's creator is within 60 feet of the berserk golem, the creator can try to calm it by speaking firmly and persuasively. No, fiendish no, flesh golem. We don't do that. You don't break all the barrels in the bottom of this ship. <laughs> the golem must be able to hear its creator, who must take an action to make a DC 15 charisma check. If the check succeeds, the golem ceases being berserk. If it takes damage while still at 100 hit points or fewer, the golem might go berserk again. <laughs> that is ridiculous. It's a toddler. It's just a toddler. It is, yeah. Oh, my god. It's a gosh. toddler in devil's clothes. Oh. Yeah, we definitely should have got that one instead. But doing the holophant was worth it to see that the fiendish flesh golem is on the other page. Can you imagine a, a holophant? Being, you know, the nice little care bearish creature that it is against this berserk fiendish flesh golem. Well, I mean, as as the in in mastodon form, yeah. Well, no, I know, but I'm just I'm imagining a small gnome sized flying elephant just standing with its hands up and saying no, no, no. Oh, is the is the elephant secretly the creator of the fiendish flesh? No, golem? but it's just doing oh. what it can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't do this. No, no, we don't. I want to. 
and then it just it just does swats it like a fly. Oh my gosh! Oh, but so yeah. Let's say that it it used its its once per day. It used its shape change, so it can't change again. Ah, so that's why it has to go up against this thing. Oh, and the fiendish flesh column is a challenge eight, as opposed to a okay. five. So it would be sufficiently squished, I think. Yes. Yeah. Although the Holophant has an 18 armor class, as opposed to a 12 for the Fiendish Flesh Golem. I got to imagine because of the speed and dexterity and whatnot of the, the Holophant, probably. Dex is an 11 on the oh. Holophant. Yeah. Okay. Never mind then. It's natural armor, just it a, says. Just yeah. A, yeah, an interesting natural armor. Okay. But the slam attack for the... Fiendish Flesh Golem is a plus eight. So you have a 50% chance of hitting that thing. So, yeah. God. We've got the Holophant versus the Fiendish Flesh Golem. I would I would watch that fight. Absolutely. It's like in um, Detective Pikachu when you go to the actual ar- underground arena with the, the fighting Pokemon. You, you probably haven't seen that, I right? Seen it, no. it, was, it was decently good. Yeah. It was actually not bad, yeah. Right. That being said, you'll never see it. I think that is... oh. Golden, golden hairy feathers, one out of ten. Golden hairy feathers for the fiendish flesh golem. Oh, <laughs> spun it around. Wow. I don't see the fiendish flesh golem being much more than a uh, a minion. Yeah, it's just fodder. So it's cool fodder, but it's, it's cool fodder. So I would give it like a probably a four. Yeah. It's. I don't think it's as cool as the um, the grave behemoth was, and the grave behemoth was cooler with the like hitting X number of hit points, and then yeah, a zombie and falls out. It's up. filled with like it's literally just skin filled with zombies. True. That I like cool. the berserk nature. That's of, true. The of berserk the, is fun. The flesh gold. Yeah, but I agree. I think just that that possibility of creating more zombies by doing any sort of damage yeah is that makes the the grave behemoth that much cooler so i'm gonna go with a solid four and honestly the holophant eh, like a two or yeah two or three tops yeah it's just like you said it's just a little buddy it's no giant goat but it's it's no it's got to be better than the dragon though right it's better than than the dragon okay let me see what we gave the dragon i gotta think the dragon was like a one Oh, we gave that a two. We gave that a yeah. two. So yeah, I'm going with like a three because you can actually have like a weird little Care Bears adventure with a group of holophants, but a group of dragons is just, it's called a depression of dragons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've given nothing a one. Really? We gave, well, let me, let me rephrase that. So the very first one we did was the Rat King. Yep. And that's when we we weren't doing like one through whatever. We did 37 through 52, and you gave it a 37. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. And I think the Rat King is by far better than the Dragon. It runs (laughs) circles around the Dragon. But that's in the past. Yeah. We can't take that rating back. So what'd you say? What do you settle on? Like three for the Holophant? Three for the Holophant and a solid four for the... Yeah. uh, I think that's right. Yeah. 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 
Okay. I think so. I think that is enough for this week. Some lovely tangents. Pretty much par for the course at this point. Come on back next week for another random monster from a random monster manual. And we will have one more to talk about. Thanks so much for listening. See you next week. Bye.